What's up, guys? Max, you're back with a brand new episode of The Scuttlebutt Show, and I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I know that's what the question is in the chat. How am I feeling today after the Marine Corps ball last night? Not bad. I got to be honest. I'm feeling pretty good. I, uh, I managed to maintain my composure pretty well. What's up to everybody in the chat? Let me say hi to Marine1316, Harry Lime Pie, Sam I Am, Sea Wild Earth. What's up, Mark? Corporal MC, we've got, who else do we have in the chat here? We've got Larry D and Nuggets. What's up, everybody? I burned down more than a few Jamesons last night. Double Jamos on the rocks. Jameson with ginger beer is my favorite. A uh, little Jameson mule can't go wrong. It was a good time overall. I know a lot of people are wondering about the Marine Corps ball. What's up, Mudrock? Let me show you guys a little picture from last night. I know you guys wanted to see it. So here is my wife and I last night at the Marine Corps ball. I didn't want to take a very serious photo, so I went with a nice casual smile face for me. And she was uh, having a good time there in uniform. If you guys saw a couple other pictures on Instagram, we had a good time that night. I hope that uh, I hope you guys got to see this photo here. If you're listening on the podcast, it's uh, it's just a photo of my wife and I, and I'm taking a very classic gentleman's pose. And my wife is uh, a, a very professional naval officer there. So that's us at the Marine Corps ball. It was um, it was epic. We went with some friends. We got to sit with some friends and have a good time. It was cool. You know, it's interesting, our, our uh, Marine Corps ball compared to some, because the one that I went to was the Navy's Marine Corps ball because of the hospital staff. So it's the Navy 3rd Med Battalion. Um, it wasn't as, you know, raunchy and debaucherous as a lot of Marine Corps balls probably are, because it's a lot of sailors, a lot of doctors, a lot of nurses and physician's assistants and corpsmen and all that stuff. And actually, not that many Marines. It, you know, there's a tradition at the Marine Corps uh, ball for the uh, annual birthday celebration where they have um, the oldest Marine in the, in the room give the youngest Marine the first slice of cake. And the oldest Marine enlisted in 2001. So it wasn't even that, uh, it wasn't even that, the person wasn't even that old. We had a great guest speaker, uh, guest of honor, the commanding officer of 3rd Med Battalion, who's a Navy captain, spoke. And we got to watch all the videos. And I'm going to show you guys the Marine Corps birthday video here in a second. Because today, I am feeling just a littlest bit hungover. Uh, we have a bunch of YouTube videos to watch on today's show. Um, but it's fine. I actually went to the gym this morning. Um, the youngest Marine was a Lance Corporal who joined in June 2020. June 2020 and was born in 2002. 19 years old, less than 18 months in the Marine Corps. Um, that was the youngest Marine. It was, it was cool. We had a good time, a lot of dancing. The command master chief for the command that my wife's attached to had this dope shirt where the sleeves of his shirt, his white undershirt from his dress blues were covered in dragons. It was so dope. I don't know how that fits into the uniform regulation, but it was epic. It was awesome. There was a lot of dancing. One great thing about the Marine Corps ball is everybody out there on the dance floor in their uniform, just tearing it up, doing the Dougie, doing the sprinkler, you name it. It was going down. They played flow rider. They played the wobble, the Cupid shuffle. You guys know the deal. One thing that kind of was super funny to me was right in the beginning, they played a message from the chief of Naval operations, Admiral Gilday. And then they played a second video by the Chief of Naval Operations where he reintroduced himself and they did back-to-back -back Chief of Naval Operations messages. And I just imagine somewhere out there, there's a Navy communications specialist who was like, Admiral, which take do you want? Take one or take two? And he goes, shipmate, what do you mean or? We're using take one and take two, all right? Roger that, do you understand? Put me on the screen. The Marines need to see me. It's a very important birthday, the 246th Marine Corps birthday. So I wanna show you guys the video that we were all shown at the Marine Corps ball last night. This is the Marine Corps birthday message that they played to us while we were sitting there. When our nation called Marines were there to defend her. U.S. officials increasingly worried by the hour. But our enemies now pose an ever-growing threat to America and our way of life. Another U.S. Navy warship now in place tonight off the coast. About 250 Marines on The Marine Corps must be prepared to fight and win. Tonight, 
Marines around the world proudly celebrate 246 years of defending our great nation. Our warrior lineage in the battles that have been fought and won across generations have become legend. Throughout the centuries, the Marine Corps' relentless pursuit of excellence is unchanged. We are still made from the same grit and steel, with the same moral instincts, and the same unending will to fight. Marines remain physically, mentally, and emotionally tough, forged in the crucible to overcome fear and adversity. In these ways, the core and the lifelong faith we place in each other is proudly unchanging. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. You can see the firemen assembled here, the police officers, FBI agents, and you can see the two towers. A huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way! On the 11th day of September 2001, our country was attacked. Like the attack on Pearl Harbor 60 years before, that day changed everything. Our Marines have fought and won in hostile places like Anbar, Sangin, Fallujah, Helmand, Mosul. We earned our reputation as an elite counterinsurgency force, but that remains only a part of who we are. After five days of heavy fighting, Marines raised our beloved American flag on top of Mount Zerbaji. What Marines are, what Marines have always been, is amphibious warfighters. And the changing battle now requires us to return to our origins, relying on foundations built by the Marines that came before us. The Marine Corps' identity remains the same. Our infantry battalions will remain at the center of what we do. And the Marines and their rifle will continue to be one of the deadliest weapons on the battlefield. But being ready now requires us to return to the seas and shores of maritime terrain. The history of the Marine Corps is marked by a series of paradigm shifts, and this is one of them. The hard-won lessons of Iraq and Afghanistan and the blood Marines have shed there will not soon be forgotten. We're using the lessons of our past combined with the weapons of the future to reimagine our warfighting capabilities through continuous adaptation and experimentation. Marines around the globe, Marines like you are a vital part of this effort. Your ideas, your feedback will be key to moving the Marine Corps into the future and ensure that we will continue our legacy of winning battles. And to the Marines who have served our nation and returned home to continue to fight and win battles of a different kind in their own communities, we thank you. As Marine brothers and sisters, Semper Fidelis is a pledge that we promise to live by. The work of our Marine veterans is a living testament to the faith Marines keep with each other, with our Corps, and with our country. The next generation of Marines may operate differently and in different places than the Marines who wear the Eagle Globe and Anchor today. But they will join a long and proud heritage of Marine fighters who have never turned from a threat, never turned from an enemy. We will always remain most ready when our nation is least ready, because we must protect our shores and we must protect our citizens. It's still gonna be the Marines who defend this nation. Semper Fidelis, and happy birthday, Marines. So that was the 246th Marine Corps birthday message that they played for us at the Marine Corps ball last night. Let me tell you guys, it doesn't matter who you are. 
that'll, that'll get you. It's professionally produced video. It'll get you motivated. And then uh, after a few drinks, it'll really get you. It'll really get you after a few drinks. So the room was ready to rock and roll after that for sure. And then it's always funny with the Marines, you know, like, because this is a room, like I said, full of sailors primarily, you know, enjoying the Marine Corps ball from the hospital corps perspective. And then the, there are Marines there. There were, you know, dozens of Marines there. And then as like the, the CEO and the guest of honor are speaking about the Marine Corps out of the background, there's like a, like this, like, you know, like a, 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 just a sound. And you're like, that's motivation right there. You're like, get, and you're like, get some, that's the Marine Corps. Get some right there. I had to just, it's like a spasm. It's like just a noise that I cannot reproduce because I am not a Marine. But when a Marine does it, you hear it and you're like, I know, I know what they're trying to say. They're trying to talk to me. They're trying to communicate. And, and the message is understood. The Marine mating call, Sam says, absolutely. And then after the official presentation of colors and the, you know, the, the Marine Corps song and Anchors Away was played. And after all of the procession departed, the DJ came on, the food was served. I have to tell you guys something. I learned something last night and this broke my heart. The cake that they rolled out into the room and then cut the first piece from is fake. The cake, every piece of cake that we were served was a two inch by two inch rectangle of angel's cake with flat vanilla frosting, no decoration. And I said, what part? Of, I just saw the cake. I just saw the beautiful cake. What part of the cake did this even come from? And I was made aware that the presentation cake is completely fake, made of styrofoam, except for two small pieces in a cutout that are the pieces that are given to the, I believe the, it's the oldest Marine, youngest Marine. They share one. And then like the guest of honor gets one, something like that. And that is it for the cake. So that was a bummer. That was that was heartbreaking. That's like finding out that the tooth fairy isn't real. What are they going to tell me next? Santa's not real. I'm not ready for something like that. So that's my Marine Corps ball. I can't share any crazy stories. There really wasn't anything to We didn't see any fights. I mean, I've been to balls before where fights break out. People are fighting in the back, throwing up on themselves. I've seen it all. But last night, none of that happened. It was the hospital ball. So it was kind of chill. But I do have a very full story set of stories for you guys today on the Scuttlebutt Show. So I hope you're ready for it. Everybody in the chat who joined, I hope that you're uh, excited for today's episode and thank you for joining me. It's an honor to have you here. Thanks for listening to my Marine Corps ball speech. With all that being said, let's jump right into today's first Scuttlebutt Show story. And that is Navy veteran and QAnon shaman, the face of QAnon on January 6th, has been sentenced to three and a quarter years in prison, 41 months for his role in the Capitol riot. And as you guys might remember, he's a Navy veteran with special dietary needs. Jacob Chansley, whose brightly painted face, tattooed torso, and a horn cap became a visual icon of the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, was sentenced Wednesday to 41 months in prison by a federal judge in Washington. His lawyer had asked the judge to impose a sentence of time already served, basically the entire 10 months since the insurrection, during which he attracted more attention for demanding an organic diet while in jail and giving an interview to 60 Minutes. This guy's intense. The sentence of roughly three and a half years is equal to the longest. It's not really roughly three and a half years. It's, it's I guess, three years and five months. Three years and five months. Yeah, I guess it is about three and a half years. Handed down to, is the longest yet to be handed down to somebody from January 6th. Of the roughly 130 people who have pled guilty so far, only 16 admitted to felonies. And Chainsley is the fourth felon to be sentenced. The other three received terms of eight, 14. And last week, a man who punched the Capitol officer also received 41 months. So I won't get too into this entire story. You guys already know the deal. But he has been sentenced uh, to 41 months. So that's the punishment. You can probably expect, now that he's been sentenced to 41 months, arguably the most high-profile figure of that entire incident. And... If he's getting 41 months, then probably nobody's going to get more than 41 months, okay? So that's going to probably be the maximum sentence you, you could expect imposed on anybody from that day. I don't know what else is going on with all the cases involved with that, but, you know, they're still pursuing those charges against all those folks who were out there that day. And now Jacob Chainsley, the QAnon shaman, which is in an insane character out of this whole debacle, uh, has been given his sentence. That whole thing, that whole QAnon thing, it's gotten so crazy. I mean, I guess it's still ongoing from what I can see online. Vice does, you know, reports on it. They've kind of transformed to this new thing. They're like, well, maybe Q's not real, 
But we have this great group of people that we've already bonded with. So let's just keep going with uh, our mission of, I don't even know what their mission is, but let's just keep going with it because, you know, we don't have Q anymore, but we've still got each other. That's kind of where they're at right now. It is what it is. I guess that's going to still be a thing for probably a really long time. Uh, among today's stories, in addition to that, I've got some movies to tell you guys about. Jason Aldean is in the news. Some crazy stories out of the Army. Two really crazy stories out of the Army. And then another, we're going to end it with a movie trailer. And unfortunately, I've got a story about six days in Fallujah that I'm going to be telling you guys about. I've got more information than just what you maybe have seen on the headline, but uh, it's going to be big disappointment for everybody. I know that it was for me. I'm just looking something up right now um, on my on my own YouTube channel. So I want to go to one of my old videos and prep that for later. Okay, cool. That's all set up. All right. So let's get into the next story. Let me just catch up on the comments really quick. What a crock of crap. If you burn down a hundred year old family business, Pelosi would declare him a hero. I don't even disagree with you. But it's neither here nor there because those are totally separate incidents, I guess. And it's that's a deep rabbit hole to go down. Let's see. Brit Army used to show the adventures of Kevin, a soldier water skiing, snow skiing in Austria, running, uh, sunning on a beach in Kenya. I joined up, never met Kevin, but cleaned in all the places he visited. Sea Wilder says, that's a good recruiting tactic right there, too. We shall see. We aren't the army and nor should we try to be. I think our changes have streamlined our capabilities even more. Speed and surprise is what we want to capitalize on as a force. As far as a comment from Sam, I am about the Marine Corps and their future tactics and returning to maritime. I, the only thing I want to say about that returning to maritime thing is the military has been saying for the Navy and Marine Corps mission that they're going to return. It's time to return to maritime. This is it. We're really going back to maritime operations. I remember hearing that in like 2012. They're like, the ground war is over. We're going back to our roots of maritime operations. That's nothing new. They've been saying that for a long time. It, we'll see what ends up happening with that. I don't even know what they mean by that anymore because they've been saying the same stuff for years. That's my only criticism right there. I owe you guys two comprehensive reviews for the movies One Shot and 3212 Unredacted that I have not distributed yet because I've just been really busy and I do apologize for that. So let me not waste any more of your time. Let me get to the bluff, the bottom line up front. Watch them both. One shot, pretty good. It had a low budget. It was obvious, but for the task that they were going for of accomplishing this single shot action of this movie playing out over real time, they did a great job. My only criticism is when a movie has a gimmick like that, it tends to distract you from the actual story because you're looking to prove them wrong, like catch the cuts, see if they made any mistakes. You're just analyzing the, the technical part of it instead of getting immersed in the story. But it was good. Overall, a mindless action film starring characters playing Navy SEALs, go watch it. 3212 Unredacted, 100% must-see on Hulu. Absolute tragedy what happened to those Green Berets and that soldier who were killed in Niger and what their families went through and how the Army tried to cover it up. So please go watch that. It's epic. And uh, I've been working on my complete review uh, to publish as a standalone video, but I don't want you guys to wonder anymore what I think about that. Both of them, I give a watch and I'm going to be rolling right into some new films because we got to talk about this one, which you guys can go watch. It is Glover. In, in other words, Danny Glover film highlights Iraq war vets struggles. Danny Glover, the real predator and predator Two, is now using his post A-lister status to work with more mission oriented films, low budget and uh, and take on meaningful stories that he sees fit with his name and production capabilities in the title. And here he's working on a military film. In recent years, Danny Glover has used his formidable acting chops and Hollywood connections to boost the series of independent films that might otherwise have struggled to find an audience. Glover is now starring in one, The Drummer. So this is The Drummer streaming on popular streaming services. You guys can go find it. It's a low-budget feature film co-written by Eric Worthman and Jessica Golke, who also served as the director and producer, respectively. The drummer tells the interlinked story of three soldiers who enlisted in the U.S. Army, became combat veterans in Iraq, and then tried to avoid being sent back to the same disastrous George Bush-initiated conflict. This is around the time that stop-loss was going on and people were coming back from Iraq going, I don't want to go back to Iraq. 
All, all of them find their way to Watertown, New York, office of Mark Walker, a lawyer, Vietnam veteran, and anti-war activist played by Glover. Walker has joined forces with a younger generation of dissidents in Iraq veterans against war and opened an internet cafe near Fort Drum called The Drummer. The cafe is Walker's post-9-11 attempt to recreate the atmosphere of the GI movement coffee houses located near military bases in the Vietnam era that welcomed and supported restive draftees like Walker himself. So let's watch the trailer for The Drummer. And you guys can decide for yourselves if you want to watch it. I, of course, am going to go find it and watch it and give it a shot so that I can let you guys know what my thoughts are on it. Can I help you? Looking for Mark Walker. That's me. They say you help soldiers get out. I try to make a case to their legal discharge. I've been AWOL for six months. Army thinks I'm perfectly fit to go back. Maybe I am. They're sending everybody back. You can't force these soldiers to become political. All you can do is help the ones who want a way out. I want to know what you are doing about the many soldiers who are coming home with severe mental Just health. Just contact my office. Yeah, we've done that, sir, numerous times. The protesters are coming from Buffalo, Elmira, Ithaca, and Rochester. Okay, how many people are we talking about? 500, maybe. That's all? This is 2008, not 1968. <laughs> In the military, you don't have much of a choice. You do what they tell you. These soldiers have to be willing to be a part of something bigger than themselves. My client has been treated very badly, and I intend to pursue this case if he doesn't get a fair hearing. I feel like I'm losing it. I would go wherever you want me to go. I'm not taking no chance, Maria, all right? They're going to put me on the first plane back. You're a coward. What am I hoping for? A way out of hiding. Shit, call 911. We trusted you! You know what? Never sleeping. I don't want to kill anybody anymore. So that movie is out. It came out about a week ago, so you can go find it on streaming services. It came out on the 9th. Um, it says, the quieter focus of this film is the lasting physical and psychological impact of military service under post-9-11 conditions. As Glover told the press in July, the fact that there are even more veteran suicides than U.S. soldiers killed in Iraq makes the film more timely than ever. Certainly an interesting uh, take on it. It looked like, I don't know what I was seeing there. Potentially, the female soldier was experiencing some kind, some kind of sexual assault. The one guy said he doesn't want to kill anybody anymore. She had been AWOL, insomnia, all this stuff that people are dealing with, all very real issues, absolutely. I can certainly empathize with people who went over to Iraq and then said, what the hell is going on here? This is insane. Uh, I don't want to go back there. This is not what I thought it was going to be. People experience horrible events over there, and some of them, depending on where you were sitting and what you saw, I can very easily see how you would not want to continue to support the military. Everybody's experience may differ. Maybe you went over there and you go, this is a noble mission. We're doing the right thing. We're killing terrorists. We're protecting civilians. We're liberating people from Saddam Hussein. And maybe you went over there and you saw some murder, absolute murder happen. And you're like, this is insanity. Uh, I have no faith in my chain of command. I have no faith in the military or George Bush, who later went on to you know, acknowledge the Iraq war was a mistake. And I think that probably most people at this point understand the reasoning behind the invasion of Iraq and the intelligence gathered was not... Uh, what we were led to believe that it was in the end, in the long run. So I can appreciate a movie like this. I can appreciate people's opinions about these issues, even if I don't agree with all of them, I, which I see this film as something that I'll probably agree with a lot of things and disagree with a lot of things when I watch it, but that's fine. I love seeing stuff like that. I'm going to definitely check it out. Maybe I'll try to watch it after the show today and see if I can find it on Amazon or or Hulu or wherever you watch your streaming services. And, uh, and I'll let you guys know what I think after I've seen it. Let's see. Sam I am says, whoa, serious trailer. Yeah, it was fairly serious. Um, Scuttlebutt, I watched a documentary on HBO about uh, sexual assault in the military, what these men and women went through. Jeez. Yes, there is definitely a lot of that and uh, when there should be zero. So honestly, more than zero is a lot uh, when people are out there supposed to be battle buddies and shipmates and all that. And then they're getting into these crazy assault situations and stories, including murdering each other. Um, speaking of that, I've got a army crime story right here. A Marine Corps, I'm sorry, a Marine Corps crime story. And then we're going to move on to the army afterwards. A Marine Corps crime story right here, which is absolutely crazy. Um, 
I can't remember if we covered this when it happened or not, but we have an update on it either way. This is going to be, if you haven't seen it, it's news to you because here's the uh, conclusion of this story. Wife receives 20-year sentence in stabbing death of Hawaii-based Marine. 20 years for stabbing to death her husband. What do you guys think about that? A woman found guilty of stabbing her Marine husband to death during an argument in their Hawaii home has been sentenced to 20 years in prison. Honolulu prosecuting attorney Steve Alm said his office asked for the maximum prison term for Evelyn Ederbide at her sentencing Monday. A jury found her guilty of manslaughter for the February 18, 2018 stabbing that killed Sergeant Juan Ederbide. Ederbide, 24, Juan Ederbide, 24 of Orange, California, was a food service specialist stationed at Marine Corps Base Hawaii in Kaneoa Bay. Evelyn, his wife, first told police she found her husband wounded. According to court documents, she told police she had heard shouting near the front door and found her husband bleeding. She later told police she stabbed her husband, so she lied and tried to cover it up. She stabbed her husband after they had been drinking and fighting. According to court documents, she will receive credit for time served. Her court-appointed attorney did not immediately return a message-seeking comment Tuesday. How did she end up down to manslaughter with only a 20-year sentence for murder and then trying to cover it up and then lying about it and trying to cover it up? What? 20 years? How about 20,000 million years? I w- if it was me, I would have given her 20,000 million years because this Marine can never get another uh, day of life back. That's might as well make it infinity because how long, how many days is he not going to be alive? Infinity. So shouldn't she go away for a long time? I don't understand. How is this not second degree murder or something like that? It obviously wasn't premeditated. It was a heat of the heat of the moment crime, but picking up a knife and stabbing somebody is not an accident. I don't know how she gets manslaughter for that. Just because you're drunk certainly doesn't seem that you, uh, as an excuse to not get in trouble. So that's kind of crazy to me. I thought, I thought that story was a little bit insane. That's too bad. Too bad for that Marine's family who now will have to see the murderer of their, you know, brother, son, battle, you know, battle buddy, Marine. They will have to see them go to prison, but then get out. Imagine seeing the person who murdered your best friend, your son, your daughter, get out of jail and then they're free. That's got to, that's got to be horrible. That's got to absolutely be horrible. So I feel bad for the family there. That's a sad deal. Um, not cool. I don't think that that's very cool at all, especially after she admits it and admit, admitted to lying to it too. She had the, the state of mind. She had clear enough mind to try to lie about it. So, uh, I don't know how manslaughter it could be. I don't know. That's my opinion, I guess. That's my opinion, but she admitted to doing it. So I don't feel too bad for her, whatever she gets. I guess being in prison for 20 years is pretty bad. Who knows what's going to happen to her in there? Let's see. I've never shot an M27, but you probably have never enjoyed an M14. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Scuttlebutt, does the U.S. military get a, a lot of oil from the Middle East? Um, well, the United States gets a lot of oil from the Middle East, and, and vis-a-vis, the military gets its oil from the United States government. And so, yes, I guess that they do. Um, and I've, I've said on this show before, I always laugh when people are like, no more blood for oil. And I'm like, all right, good luck when there's no oil and, uh, and your neighbor kills you over some gasoline. It's like, I'm not saying I promote war for profiteering. I'm just saying your security that you enjoy every day is based on access to your needs. And if needs were all of a sudden inaccessible, all realm of personal security would also cease to exist. So I don't, I don't get too hyped on this whole argument of we're invading other countries just for oil, which I actually don't agree with in the first place as the reason for invading countries. It doesn't really add up. But when people chant no more blood for oil and no more going to the Middle East because all we're trying to do is get oil, I'm like, good luck in America when there's no more oil. Good luck. Good luck to you. See how good you and your neighbor friends really are of friends. See how good of a friends your neighbor really is to you when, uh, when they need some food or they need some gas or something like that. Good luck. Um, let's see. Hope she's got a good, oh, she's got a good lawyer. Yeah. Very possible. That's brutal. Second degree and just manslaughter. We want justice. Yeah. No justice, no peace. You know who else wants justice? You know who else wants justice? Army officer sues Harris New Orleans casino after she was refused entry to their establishment saying it was based on race. 
A U.S. Army officer who was refused entry at Harris New Orleans Casino last month has filed a lawsuit against the gaming house and its parent companies alleging that she was racially profiled and humiliated by a security manager there. So this is interesting. And what's really crazy is the case here is not even the most interesting part of the story to me. I've got another question about this whole thing. Second Lieutenant Deja Deshante Harrison's case already has received widespread public attention, only I'm just hearing about it this morning for the first time. Her video of the incident in which a Harris security manager says he doesn't believe her identification credentials and proceeds to call the police was posted on social media and already has hundreds of thousands of views. The lawsuit filed Monday in Orleans Parish Civil District Court details Harrison's account of what took place early in the morning on October 5th when she, her brother, and a friend tried to gain entry to the casino while celebrating a birthday. After Harrison, 23 at the time, was asked for identification at the door, she produced her Louisiana's driver's license, the lawsuit said. It wouldn't scan on the casino's machine. So you know how like the back of your driver's license usually has a barcode or something like that. You can put it on the little things where you put it down and it scans them or whatever. They have like the little scanner guns. So they said they wouldn't scan. It wouldn't scan on the casino's machine. And Harris said the security manager was called over. He attempted to scan the license but also failed. So they're saying, we don't think that this is a real license. Harrison says she then produced a vaccination card, which is an interesting thing to produce, and offered her military identification. I assume that they mean is her CAC card. But Harris' security manager allegedly didn't attempt to scan the latter, the military ID. Instead, the lawsuit claims he told Harrison that her military ID was fake, this isn't you, and that there is no way you could make E6 that quick. Those are all quotes. The latter referring to a rank of staff sergeant on the ID. Now, what's interesting is the very next sentence of this uh, of this article says, in fact, Harrison, a graduate of Gamble Grambling State University, had already been promoted to the rank of second lieutenant. So let's just let's just recap the facts here really quick. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that her story is not true, but I do have questions. Okay. She is 23 years old. She went to college. She joined the army, made staff sergeant E6, and got promoted to second lieutenant, when she, and she was 23 years old? I would have questions about that, too. It says she joined the army at 17, so I guess she could have, you know, five years, five years to make E6 at that point, because she already made, been promoted to second lieutenant. So she's already been promoted to second lieutenant. Let's give her five years of being in the army. To make E6 in five years and get promoted to second lieutenant, she had to be like the hottest rock star soldier of all time. It is possible. And I'd like to ask her what she did to be so successful. That's crazy. She joins... There's minimum amounts of time you have to serve in each rank. So let's assume the only way that this is possible from where I'm sitting is she joined as an E3 somehow. She like, you know, did pre boot camp stuff to get the rank of E3. Quickly or meritoriously was promoted to E4. At the very first possible opportunity was promoted to E5, at which time she submitted an officer's package while she was in E5 because she had already finished her degree while simultaneously while serving, went to Grambling University. Never heard of it, but that's what it says she went to. So she put in, puts in an officer's package while in E5. Then at the very first opportunity, is promoted to E6 while simultaneously being accepted to commission. Then gets commissioned around the time that she picks up E6 gets that staff sergeant cat card and then gets, you know, the butter bar. Just a question here. Why would you not immediately update your cat card to reflect being commissioned? Because it's not like when I made E6, when I made E5 or whatever, I didn't run to update my cat card. It's like, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it when I get to it. It, it, I'll wait a, a week, two weeks, whatever. I know that the line's over at the officer long. I want to make an appointment, but the appointment-making system is down, of course, because it's a government system. 
I'll, I'll get around to it when I've got time in between work. My ID card says E5. I'm an E6, whatever. It says PO1 E5, PO1 E6, whatever. You know, you know how the cat card situation works with promotion and when you put on the rank and when you get actually advanced to the next pay grade. If you don't know, it's this whole thing. But when you get promoted to an officer, first of all, you have more time to to kind of, you know, rearrange your schedule, I would imagine. I mean, I know you're extremely busy as a second lieutenant. I'm not saying that, but I feel like you can go, you know, schedule an appointment, walk from, you know, your office to over or drive over to the cat card office and get a new cat card. Wouldn't you want being a commissioned officer regardless of rank, but going from enlisted to commissioned officer to be on your ID card? Wouldn't you want to make that distinction when you're walking around in uniform? Imagine this. You're walking around in uniform on base as a second lieutenant, you get pulled over for speeding by the the you know the military police, the the PMO's office people, civilian, a civilian, let's say, a civilian uh, DOD security contractor employee, you know, poli base police, they pull you over, you're wearing second lieutenant uniform, and you pull out your ID card and it says staff sergeant. It's not it's not like sergeant and staff sergeant or corporal and sergeant, it's enlisted to officer. Impersonating an officer is its own crime. I feel like you would immediately update that distinction on your ID card. That's just me. I would have done that. Harrison, who grew up in Algiers, explained in an interview that she joined the army at 17 while still at Eleanor McCain High School with her mother's permission Having gone through the Army's Reserve Officer Training Corps program in high school and through college, she was able to rapidly progress through the ranks. The lawsuit says she was shocked and dismayed as the manager's dismissive treatment towards her was based on the stereotyped biased view that a black female with a youthful appearance could not be ranked and a ranked officer in the military. She waited in the casino's entrance. For, so that's so that's what she's saying is that because she was black and young looking, it was assumed she could not be an officer in the military. That's a serious allegation. She waited in the casino's entrance foyer for more than two hours after the security manager called the New Orleans Police Department, but police never showed up, she says. Harrison says in a lawsuit that she produced pictures of herself in uniform, army pay stubs, and other evidence of her ROTC experience, but alleges that the Harris security manager wasn't interested and continued to deride her. Dan Real, Caesars New Orleans-based regional president, said the company would not be commenting on the lawsuit. In an earlier statement, Caesars spokesperson Kate Whit Whiteley said that Harrison had been refused entry because the information on the military ID card did not match the information she had verbally communicated to her security officers. She declined to comment further. The statement said Caesars was saddened by the situation and had reached out to Harrison, but was told she had uh, retained counsel. Harrison's lawsuit says Harris acknowledged that it violated her human rights under Louisiana law and agreed to change its policies. It also seeks an unspecified amount of damages. They're a big company who, pay a, who say a lot about their support for diversity in the military, but I want them to account for their actions, Harrison said. They lied about me in the statement and it made me look bad. So um, I'm trying to, now that I'm reading the article again, I'm thinking maybe, let me, let me, recap because I went through like if she joined as an E3 and was active duty enlisted I, I'm actually I'm actually going to pause here and maybe now that I've reread this article there's and and I didn't get a hundred percent understanding from reading that this is my second time reading through this there are commissioning programs where you can actually become active duty while you're in civilian school and they might just give you the rank of E6 or E7. You might not ever have to be an E4 or an E3. There's actually programs in the Navy where you go to college as a chief. You're just a chief in the Navy, but you're in college. And then when you graduate college, you become an officer. And they pay you as a chief. You wear the rank of chief at you know command events. You have to go in for your PRT and all this stuff. So I guess it could be something like that too. I didn't really think about that. And I'm not getting 100% certainty that that's what happened here, but but maybe something like that. I guess it could be. The article's not totally clear, but whatever. Whatever ended up happening, her allegation is that she was profiled based on her race and, uh, and age, that she could not be an officer in the military. And that's jacked up. That's actually really mean. Sounds like she's doing everything right. Um, going to college, getting an education, joining the military, going out to party, which I fully support, and then getting shut down. But it's weird. Her driver's license didn't scan. She shows her vaccination card. I guess, I, you know, we've all been there, right? Like, you're trying to go on base, 
and you're like, well, I don't have my cat card. It's in the computer. I left it in the computer. And you're like, well, I can't let you on. I'm like, look, I've got 10 other things with the same name on it. Okay. I'm telling you that this is me. I've got my car registration. I've got my blockbuster card. I've got my library card. I've got my credit card. I've got my vaccination card. They all have the same name, right? How, how would I get all of this stuff? My driver's license has the picture of me. It looks like me. How would I get all of this stuff? Um, if it wasn't actually me, right? I could see that argument too. Hiram, what's up? $2 super chat. New Orleans can be a violent, weird place at times. Um, yeah, I think everywhere can, but New Orleans can definitely be a weird place for sure with all that voodoo that they got going on down there. So I want to move on from this story because we've got a few, a few things left to get to and time is running short. It's been a very full day. This story, you guys might see this going around. I even saw this on Yahoo News this morning, but I want to call attention to it because while it is an interesting story, it's being blown way out of proportion. Jason Aldean, wife Brittany Aldean, model head-scratching Military Lives Matter shirts. I mean, yeah, it, come on. What, what, what is this? Even though a handful of vendors have been slinging Military Lives Matter t-shirts from remote corners of the internet for some time, this phrase never quite became mainstream, and rightfully so. Targeted acts of violence aren't typically visited upon service members and veterans domestically. So what they're saying is, what's the point of this Military Lives Matter shirt? Like, what's even the messaging behind it? But that didn't prevent Jason Aldean's wife, Brittany, from boasting about a November 8th launch of a line of Military Lives Matter t-shirts on Instagram and unveiling featured alongside three other patriotic pieces, including one item that reads unapologetically conservative. So you guys can see where they're going with this. Um, they're, they're trying to sell merch based on current political trends. I'm guilty of the same thing. I've done the same thing. My whole show is a, a lot of times revolving around current political trends, what we talk about on here. Um, but they're jumping on this Military Lives Matter bandwagon. He's a country singer. He's got country songs. Obviously, a lot of that country music includes, like every artist has a military song. And I love them. And I, I'm, I'm all in on that. I love those. But he's catching a lot of heat right now because why is Jason Aldean and his wife, Brittany, selling for profit these Military Lives Matter shirts? What's the message that they're trying to get across? I don't really understand it. Uh, but if I go over here to... Britney's Instagram page where it says that these things are being sold. First of all, she looks like she's just doing the whole Instagram. I'm an Instagram influencer. I'm an influencer thing. She's doing this. She's got pictures of her kids. She's got the unsilent majority shirt, the military lives matter shirt. They teased it with some coming soon posts that got 121,000 likes, 90,000 likes. The actual unveiling of the shirt, 125,000 likes, 4,000 comments, 135,000 likes, 118,000 likes. So they're trying to make some money off of her fame on Instagram, which is probably based off of her fame from being married to Jason Aldean. But if I, you know, if I click it, you know, on one of these, let's say the Military Lives Matter shirt here, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm on the Instagram page, you see Jason Aldean and Brittany modeling these Military Lives Matter shirts. It says that the link for these is in the bio. And it also says this is not a permanent item that they're selling in their store. It's while supplies last, right? So I clicked the link in the bio and I'm brought to it's sold out already. So they're already no longer selling these shirts. This was like, this story's popping up right now all over the media that they're profiting off this Military Lives Matter shirt, which they definitely did do. I'm sure that they sold a bunch of them, but it's already in the sold out status and they're not selling them anymore. And they're saying that they're not going to continue to sell them any longer. And it looks like they've done this type of trend before where they sell things that are related to the, to whatever is currently um, being peddled by the news and the media. But these Military Lives Matter shirts, like I said, already out of stock. You already can't buy them. So if you see this, um, if you see this story floating around, in my opinion, it's blown a little out of proportion there. So don't sweat it too much. It's not a, that huge of a deal. Let's see what's going on in the comments. Nikki MGTV, the channel's newest member. What's up? You're on leave. That's awesome. Come down to Okinawa. What's up? Let's see. Does any of the profits go to vets? Harry, that's a great question. It is unclear if any profits from the sales of those shirts go to any veterans. So they're probably, uh, they probably, he's a famous country singer. I, I would venture a guess that he has nonprofit interests and he has given money, donated money, done stuff for vets. I, I am, I, I, even though I don't know what I would say, I'm almost certain, I, I'm almost certain 
that he does do stuff like that. So I can't uh, I can't be too critical of him for um, being like not supportive of the military because he's selling these shirts. What he did with the money, I'm sure he's given plenty of money to military and veteran causes. Max is Max because it doesn't say Dependa Lives Matter. Yes, absolutely. Dependa, Dependa Lives Matter. Scott, but how do you feel about people blaming the U.S. for the rise of Saddam Hussein and ISIS? It's definitely partially our involvement on why ISIS took over Iraq. There's no question about that. So we can't even argue that. Uh, closed on Veterans Day. How ironic. Well, I think, uh, Marine, that they actually started and ended. They sold out on Veterans Day. They started the sale and sold out on Veterans Day. I think that's how popular of a post it was. However many shirts they had, they sold out that day. So I got to get into uh, our last main story of today, and then I am going to give you guys something happy to leave with, and it will be, uh, it will be um, a, a, a positive note to end on because I'm about to break your guys' hearts. I am about to break your guys' hearts. I'm just looking for one thing here. Um... If I can find it, let's see, let's see. If I can find it, I will really be happy that I can share this with you guys. I didn't think about doing this until uh, until too late, but let's see. If I can find this one thing. I'll try to keep an eye out for this one comment on an old video. If I can't find it, it's okay. I, I remember the comments. You guys will have to take my word for it, which I don't like to do, but I will uh, I will in this case because I'm just Marine Corps birthday hangover, hang, hanging over, hangover and throughout today. That's what I'm doing. Anyway, you guys, got, you guys got the point. Here we go. Last story of today, and then I'll leave you guys with something good before we go. You know I've been in contact with the developers over at Six Days in Fallujah ever since my videos on this kind of went viral, and it is official. They emailed me this morning. Six Days in Fallujah is getting delayed until quarter four, 2022, a.k.a. a one-year delay. I know a lot of people are going to be heartbroken over that. So Six Days in Fallujah, if you guys don't know, I'm sure that you do, a video game about the second battle of Fallujah in Iraq in 2004, and this game has been embroiled in controversy and criticism and attention, all this attention around it. And it's driven so much traffic to my channel. It's out of control. And it is officially delayed for a year. The, the person over there at the development team that I've been in touch with emailed me saying that if anybody, if any of the viewers or myself have any questions about this game, to send it over and he will answer all of the questions. So if you guys have any questions at all about anything regarding Six Days in Fallujah, please send it to me and I will send it to him and we'll get the answer. So that's my official call. Any questions regarding this game or the delays or anything, then please let me know what they are. Victoria and Highwire Games today announced plans to nearly double the size of the team developing Six Days in Fallujah and delay release of the game until quarter four, 2022. The quote here, it became clear that recreating these true stories at a high quality was going to require more people, capital, and time than we had. According to Victoria CEO Peter Tamty, doubling our team is just one of the many things we're doing to make sure Six Days in Fallujah brings new kinds of tactical and emotional depth to military shooters. Conceived by a Marine who was badly wounded during the battle and developed with help from more than 100 Marine soldiers and Iraqi civilians, Six Days in Fallujah mixes documentary with gameplay to recreate true stories from the 2004 Second Battle for Fallujah. The game aims to give, give players a deeper understanding of urban warfare through the stories and struggles of both service members and civilians. Six Days in Fallujah is being developed for Victura by Highwire Games, which is led by many people of the many of the people who co-invented the original Halo and Destiny games. So. And it's now rescheduled for release for PCs and consoles in quarter four, 2022. So as you guys might remember, I covered a story. Here's my video right here. Six Days in Fallujah is probably delayed, not clickbait. And like I said, there was comments on here that goes, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. It's definitely coming out. Trust me, I know I'm an insider and all this stuff. But I said that uh, it was probably going to get delayed because they started to advertise that they were crowdfunding for quality assurance developers, additional programmers, marketing team, all this stuff to do the perfect game that they can. And they have officially said that they are going to pause because all of the hype, It's I think that for them, it's become clear that people have a deep connection to this game 
and high expectations for it. And instead of getting the game out and disappointing anybody, especially Iraq war veterans, they said, we need to stop. We need to make this right. We need, if we're going to do it, we need to do it right. So we're going to delay it. And I think the consensus that I've heard from talking to people is they would rather have it delayed and have it be the best game it can be than have it rushed out and get it, you know, in 30 days from now. Now, there is another article that they did share, which is an update from this new thing that they're doing called the sit rep. And you, I think you can see that here. Is that here? This, well, they're doing this new thing is what the guy, what the, the guy I'm talking to over there said. They're starting this new, um, this new series of updates called the sit rep, where they're actually going to be talking more transparently about the updates in the game. So the quote here is, uh, when you're going through these houses, it's dark. There's no electricity, and they know you're coming. They're hiding in the dark, waiting on you. From Staff Sergeant Paul Starner. The sit rep, oh yeah, sit rep here, global dynamic lighting. So they're working on how to light the game here. So if you're interested in the military side of it, maybe you maybe you know Staff Sergeant uh, Paul Starner, and, and uh, you worked with him over in Fallujah, you deployed with him, and now he's advising on what it was like to go into these buildings. And they've included some videos here of what uh, what they mean with their new lighting system. So I'll play these for you guys and we can see how this game is going to look when it eventually comes out. So here we've got flashlights being used to illuminate bad guys inside of a house. So that's definitely creepy. You can see flashlight goes off. You can't see anything. They've already talked about... When you go from inside to outside, you know, it'll be very bright. Your vision will be, you know, hindered by your pupils being dilated. So you can see that here. And then they also have some uh, uh, video of them shooting a loom over uh, Fallujah. So you fire a loom and you light up the city. If you've ever done this in real life, it's pretty effective. Once you blast some loom over on the backside of the enemy, you can pretty much see everything out there and they can't really see you. That's the idea behind it. So... You're going to be able to pop a loom. You're going to be able to use your flashlights. They're going to work on having environmental lighting, like uh, environment maps and a, a big sun lamp up in the sky, lighting the inside of building, engaging with particle systems, um, fog and all that stuff, smoke, to make it the most immersive game possible. And I think that that's all really good stuff. I'm still looking forward to eventually seeing the game and getting to play it. But for now, the update on that is Six Days in Fallujah is officially delayed until 2022, next Christmas, next holiday season, a one-year delay. It was, it really seemed like it was going to be that way. And the reason I wanted to share, share that, I just bit my lip. The reason I want to share that comment in my video is just because people on the internet will say anything. You know, I think, I hope I've exposed some of that for you guys if you watch my channel. People on the internet will, will claim to know anything but let common sense guide you, all right? Please let common sense be your guide. There's no reason to get caught up in people's BS on the internet. Most stuff is complete, obvious, common sense stuff that we, uh, we talk about on this show. So that's where I get my opinions from, the obvious truth that's right in front of us without a bunch of emotion broiled, like, entangled up into it. All right. What's going on in the comments? Nikki says, "Better do it right and release it than better to do it right than rush it and release it and then release it rushed out." I cannot read right now. Better do it right and release it than rush it out. I support delays if they need to. Absolutely, I'd eat the bugs. Ancient says they should. Uh, somebody needs to find the bugs in that game. Marine says I'd eat them. Badass. Mudrock says I too support the, the delay. I really hope they get the stories and the atmosphere right. Yes. Eviana, what's up? Six days will be on PC and console. So yes, it will be cross-platform. Max out here is a real insider. Thank you very much, Nikki. I noticed some people went and uh, took that as a dirty joke. Interesting. Max really knows about flashlights and luminating. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll uh, get your lumens. I'll get your lumen count. I'm gonna call you guys out on your lumen count. So we're gonna wrap it up here in a minute, guys. But I don't want to leave you with bad news. Because what could be better news than a movie coming out about military working dogs? So I saw this this morning, and I knew I had to share it with you guys. You can't be mad at this. I don't care who you are. You cannot be mad at this. Channing Tatum to star in a brand new movie about military working dogs called Dog. 
and we're going to watch the trailer right now. Check this out, guys. This will make you feel good before we go. It's expired, sir. Oh, come on, man. You know how many times I've been in and out of this gate with that? Excuse me? What's the odds on my Step out of the vehicle, sir. You want me to step hey. out of the vehicle? I'll have a... He's with Ranger Battalion. <sighs> Ranger Battalion. I've been busting my ass to get my mind and my body back into a good place. I need to get back in the game, sir. You want to get back in the game? Prove it. Sergeant Rodriguez was a legend. Family funeral Sunday outside of Nogales. They want his dog at the funeral. You do this, and you're back in the game. Back in the game. work with anyone. One minute she's good, the next minute she's sending three guys to the ER. What's up, dog? And you're gonna go on a little road trip. Easy. What are y'all so scared of? Smell it out, big time. <laughs> what is your deal, man? Maybe just take the crazy down one notch. Hey! No, 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 no! No! You're just a demon. You're just a demon! Whatever happened to you, dog? You used to be a legend. You're so good. How'd you make her get out of your hand? I just talked to her. See, she's just a noodle. She just needs so good. Aww. You don't do anything else psychotic on this trip? Maybe we can have some fun. Is that a deal? Shake? <laughs> I'll never be your face. <laughs> is that you? Good girl. You give hugs now? Really? A Lulu gets the best hug. You've never had a Lulu hug? No, we don't, we don't, we don't exactly hug. You tell me that Nuke was just as messed up as Lulu. I had to work him every day for six months. When he stopped struggling, that's when I realized maybe I could stop struggling too. It's okay. It's just lagging, right? Oh, look at that! She's never slept in a nice bed before. There ain't no shame in wanting a big comfy mattress. I was hoping you might have a room for me and my little girl. Is that a purple heart? Was she wounded? Uh, yes. She, she was. Thank you for your service. I've never seen this dog exhibit any aggressive behavior before. Never. She loves people. Oh my God, I can, I can see. You're definitely not the girl I thought I'd be in the tub with, but I'll take what I can get at this point, I guess. All right, we're watching that one. We're watching that one. You can't be mad at that. You cannot be mad about a man and his dog on the road, on a road trip, trying to save each other. You know, he's trying to save the dog, but it turns out the dog saves him. Yeah, that's, that's how it's going to be. Absolutely. That actually looks pretty funny. It's got a good cast. I wonder if that one dude ever gets tired of being called the guy from Boy Meets World. You know what I'm saying? Like, does he ever just get sick and damn tired of being... The guy from Boy Meets World, the big dude who lost all the weight he was in, remember the Titans? I, he's got he's to be tired of that by now. I don't know. But the guy from Boy Meets World, I think I saw Bill Burr in there, Channing Tatum. It looks like it's going to be an awesome cast. I'm looking forward to seeing it. If anything, it's a little weird when they're like, you're going to get back in the game. If you get this dog to you know the East Coast by tomorrow night, you're back in the game. Like, What does back in the game mean? Like, He gets an, an LES, he gets some leave days, a little... Uh, you know. A little BAH action. He gets to put the, the cap back on. I don't know. The beret. It's cool, though. I'm definitely going to watch that one. It comes out in February, so you guys only have to wait a couple months. There's, I'm sure, you know, just if you're anything like me, the only thing in the world that matters to you right now is seeing the new Spider-Man movie in about a month. But once that's over, we can start looking forward to Dog, starring Channing Tatum and a dog. But shout out to all the military working dogs out there. Saved our lives so much. So many of us owe our arms and legs to military working dogs out there in our lives. They are incredible. They are the true definition of selfless sacrifice overseas. And for the military working dog handlers out there, shout out to you guys too, especially. That's going to wrap it up for today, guys. Let's see. My name is Jeff. That was awesome. Military dogs for the win. Looks fun. That looks great. Harry says, yeah, I need a little feel-good movie. Nikki says, Let's see. Let's see. I'm, I, I doubt it. I'm sure he's still getting checks from Boy Meets World. Oh, I bet he is too. I'm back in the game right now. My dogs are laying right next to me. Nice, Nikki. Just in time for Valentine's Day. Max, how was the ball? It was awesome, Nikki. I spent the first 15 minutes of the show talking about it. So if you guys want to know the entire story about the Navy ball, just go back to the first 15 minutes of today's episode and you can relive it again with me, including the photo of me and my wife out there in front of the big cake. It was pretty awesome. 
Like I said, that's going to wrap it up. Shout out to all the members and Super Chats Day. Thank you guys so much. It's been an incredible week so far. Uh, it's Thursday today, which means tomorrow is Quanda Friday. I look forward to seeing you guys there. Bring your questions. If you have any questions about Six Days in Fallujah, please send them to me on Instagram at thescuttlebushowgmail.com, wherever you guys want to get it over, those over to me, and I will forward them on to the development team over with the game. That's going to wrap it up for today, Thursday. November 18th out here in Okinawa, Japan. Last big news day of the week. Tomorrow is Kwanda. It's going to be awesome. I look forward to seeing you guys there. Gaming will be back tomorrow too. Maybe some. I'll try to get Halo working. It wasn't working yesterday. I'm going to be working on projects for you guys from this point forward today. I've got a lot to do. I'll probably go try to watch um, the the um, uh, Danny Glover movie and get some, in, some instant reactions out to you guys about that one. But for now, I'm going to wrap it up. I look forward to talking to you guys all very soon. For now, that's the scuttlebutt.